What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the HBO's podcast. We're your hosts, Sam and Maddie. What up, people? Today, we are talking about The Idol, season one, episode four, called Stars Belong to the World, written by Sam Levinson, Abel Tesfaye, and Reza Fahim, directed by Sam Levinson. And I'll just jump right into the IMDb episode description, and then we'll take it away. But I do want to say really quickly first, since this is the penultimate uh, of the series finale is coming out next. We'll, we're going to be diving into this episode, but then we're also going to talk about finale theories at the end. So, mm-hmm. one stop shop, ladies, ladies and <laughs> ladies and gents, I guess. Or ladies and gentle thems. Aww. Get in here. I, like it. I know. I didn't make that one up. I saw it online and I was like, that is so sweet. Yep. I'm putting that right in my pocket right away. So, yes, welcome, one stop shop, everyone. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me do the description. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, the description is as follows. While fighting for the upper hand in her relationship with Tedros, Jocelyn becomes determined to introduce her new persona to the world. Later, Jocelyn's team discusses her increasing involvement with Tedros and his inner circle. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Spoiler warning. Everything that's been from the idol uh, so far on the table we're going to be talking about it we're also going to be talking about euphoria as it relates because sam levinson also wrote and directed that show so and i'd also like to just throw on a trigger warning to this because there's a lot of really hard topics in the show that are quite disturbing um i think if you really think about them or imagine yourself in something like this you're like holy shit this is very very traumatic so you know if you're not into that please Pause it now. Get out of here. Listen to something that is happy. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely covering some really, really tough topics. So just putting it out there. Um, overall thoughts? Yeah. Um, I, contrary to all of the other episodes, really liked this one. <laughs> and I think it's I'm really so funny. <laughs> I'm so it's, I think it's really funny because I think that I don't want to put words in your mouth, Maddie. You will talk about this, but I don't think that you liked it as much as some of the other episodes, which is really funny because we've pretty much mm-hmm. been on opposite sides this entire time. Yes. And I will confirm that your hypothesis is correct. I did not enjoy this episode as I enjoyed previous episodes. Uh, not to say that there isn't things that I enjoyed because I did like this episode, but I was like, mm-hmm. this is not this is not doing it as well as it did before for me. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, but I will, we'll find out on this podcast. For, I think the biggest thing was the chronology. I, I never knew what time of day it was in this episode. And that really made me feel, it just, it made me feel very like untethered. I was like, what, what's happening? Where are we? I think that that's one of my favorite things about the episode because I am such a stickler for chronology. Christopher Nolan is literally the bane of my existence because all of his movies are so fucked when it comes to timelines. And um, I really am a one, two, three, four kind of person. But Mm -hmm. this episode, there was a lot of drug use. It was late nights in the studio. We hear about it all the time. And I think that it was meant to be disorienting, disorientating. Yeah, and I think that I liked that it felt like that because in the very beginning we have Mike Dean, who's a very famous producer, show up with a bong and a blunt, which I complained about. I think there was a blunt in his ear too. (laughs) 
I didn't catch it the first time. But yeah, we're going to talk about Mike Dean in um, the way that he should deserves to be talked about later on. But um, I think from the moment that he showed up, it was like, oh, this is going to be a wild ride, baby. This is going to be. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. As soon as he stepped foot out of that car, I was like, okay, this episode is going to be just extra. It's going to be like, you know, everything that we hear about in the industry. We're going to kind of see what that is in a sense. Well, yeah. And then there um, were a couple things that I actually, I like just because we don't have the timeline or like the chronology on our list of topics, but I did want to talk about it because it is something that like Sam Levinson has kind of a staple in it. And it reminded me of some things in euphoria, but that's also because euphoria, a lot of it is based heavily on drug use. And when you're using drugs all night long, you have no idea what's going on. It's true. And it's so true. there were a couple of things that made it really clear that no one knew what the hell was like, what, like Jocelyn saying it's been a really long day, but it had also already been day and nighttime by the time she said this. And yes. then like telling Tedros that he should go to sleep and he hasn't slept that much. Yeah. There's cocaine everywhere. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. A the maids were putting the cocaine back in the bag. Those were good maids. You, oh, my, you, take, you take some extra. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, there was a big old black dildo on the stuck oh, on the shower God. wall. I mean, the gloves. God. Yeah, it it was. I yeah, it was crazy. I I did appreciate that fact too because I did think about it a little bit. I was like, okay, Sam Levinson, the drugs. This is kind of a disorienting moment, I mm-hmm. think, in the story. So I personally didn't like it, but again. Um, when I think about drug use and me personally, I'm like, yeah, I don't like feeling out of fucking control. So yeah. maybe that's why I hated this episode so much. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just my other overall thought, and I just have to make sure I get this in special fucking shout out to both Mike Dean and the weekend because they were fucking hilarious in this episode. Yeah. That is the one thing that I really appreciated because there's not a lot of humor in this mm-hmm. show. It is dealing with some really hard, awful topics, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think that there was quite a bit, for me, it was comical. I don't know if it was comical for everyone else, but like, Oh no, it's mm-hmm. never, there were some like points. I mean, yes, Mike Dean, like I remember as soon as I w- started watching it last night, I called Maddie to complain because I'm like, no one can drive with a bong. Like this man stepped out of the car having already hit this huge bong and he was driving. She belted in with him. I mean, obviously it's possible, but I, I called her and I was like, see, these are the details that drive me crazy about this show. Like, why is that necessary? But and then obviously I realized that like it added to the comedic relief that is much needed. Yeah. And I, when I watched it a second time, I really appreciated it. But yes, Mike Dean was very, he was very funny. Even just like his, him looking at like, I don't know, co-producer, whatever guy he was with Bruh. and just like kind of laughing to themselves. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments in mm-hmm. the whole show. I have another favorite moment. It's, completely unrelated but that was so i mean it it was awful and it sucked but like there was it was such a relief actually yes, for me. it was that happened i was like okay there is someone in this room that's not crazy and exactly. that like knows like we're not in this we're here to make some money 
you know, like Leia is the only one who's on that level, but she's so in deep and yeah. she's not strong enough to get the help that she needs. No, to I know. She's in Dick Sand. So, she's also in Dick Sand right oh now. Oh my God. The way she looked at fucking, <laughs> what's his name? He's Isaac. Oh my, yes, Isaac. I mean, but that man is beautiful. Yes. And another special shout out to the yoga that he was doing. I was like, yoga girlies. You know, I just made so happy your little downward dog like yeah he is just majestic to look at but also to listen to yes oh my gosh yeah he is he is a beautiful beautiful man um yeah so she's in the dick's end but yes it was a a huge relief to see that like outside looking in yeah so crazy this show has been gaslighting us and finally we get the perspective yes yes (laughs) that's exactly how i felt i was like oh a therapist, someone who is here to <laughs> confirm and validate me because I know I'm not fucking psycho. And I actually think this is a great segue into the studio recording because that is when it happens. Joss is like first, they're making the hits, but it's the first song. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. First of all, let's, let me just talk about the song. Let me just talk okay. about the song. Okay. I like the song. I don't want to do sad things. I did too. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a riff. I actually like the lyrics too, because I think that like, it's relatable in other ways. You know, it's weird that she's like making music that's like directly about abuse. I don't think she knows yet, but um, I don't know. There's something about that song that I still like lyrically. And I'm like, okay, this isn't all about abuse. Like there's, there's something else here. Yeah. Uh, I like the song. I really like the song, happy for it, The weekends, You probably did a lot of this music for the show. Uh, I just appreciated that. But God fucking damn it, the scene. Uh, <sighs> oh, first of all, I just want to say, because we're, we're jumping in, and I, I just want to say that um, it took, I think, two and a half minutes to get our first nipple in this one, which I think is a step up from last week's where it was the first thing we saw. So we didn't see her butt immediately, though. That was the yeah. opener. No, we just saw big old nipples. Yep, yep. <laughs> but anyways, yes, this scene, I was just like, like I just wrote in my notes um, because I don't know how else to say, but like this man is so god awful creepy. Like him just being in her ear. And one thing that I do want to say, and we'll talk about this when we get to Heartthrob Rob, but quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, I think part of the reason why it feels so yucky to look at Tedros and Jocelyn is probably because The Weeknd is a producer on the show and he's a writer for the show. So like thinking about it in that dynamic, like he is her boss and this is workplace harassment. <laughs> like in any other world, this is sexual harassment. And so I'm like, because when I saw her with Rob, anyways, yeah, we'll skip. Okay. We'll get okay. to that later. But I think that's that that's really added to, like my uncomfort, like my discomfort with it. So this scene, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh God, like I looked away. I just, I didn't even want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. It was extremely hard for me to watch. Like, and I was dreading it watching it the second time. I was like, oh my fucking God, I really don't want to see this again. I did watch because I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand the story a little bit, you know, like I, I'm trying to just see what is happening here. Yeah, so we're journalists. Yes, of. we're journalists. <laughs> we're absolutely 100% journalists. It's on my resume. Okay. And you're my, um, my reference. So yeah. here we are. Here we are journalism uh but yeah it was oh 
God, it was so fucking uncomfortable. I really, I don't even really want to spend too much time on it because it was so uncomfortable. But I don't really get it. <laughs> I think is where I'm so confused. Like the scene was so hard to watch, but I don't really know. I can't put the math together. I'm like, what does one plus whatever this is equal? I don't know. Yeah. Why did you have to do it like that? And why are they? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that is what a cult is. You know, like you break them fucking down and in like these ways. And then you're just like, you only trust each other because you've only seen each other in these ways. But yeah, I really don't know. I don't know either. And I think that that I want to circle back to that later with the theories because no. I've got some shit that I want to say about Jocelyn. And um, and I think that this like if we're talking about equations, I'm like, where does that? Yeah. Like, what is the, what is the solution? Like, where does this end up? But we will discuss all that in the theories round. Um. Okay, what is what else is on the list? Do you want to talk about Destiny? Because she fucking she is part of the reason why I liked this episode so much. She really, really is saving. Yeah, she was my favorite show for me. I would say overall of the episode because the clarity, like the clarity through the fog and smoke that surrounds this situation, she is so clear. Mm -hmm. But she is so just smooth smart in the way that she moves i like how she's doing this and i agree like it's really nice to see her not manipulate but kind of you know she's going in asking questions even with the songs she's smart not to give too much criticism she'll Mm -hmm. say one thing it's never about the weekend's character Mm-hmm. It's never about Tedros and how he's – it's always like, Joss, your voice just needs to be like – and it's only one little thing. So I think she's like being really smart in criticism too to like stay close. Well, yeah, and I also think that like her critiques were valid and on point. I, I agree. agreed with what she was saying too. So I think that – yeah, I think she's she's – yeah, she's playing it. She's getting as close as she can. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's incredibly fucking smart. Um, and it's like she's got not only the smarts for like the industry, but she's got people smart. She's got street smart. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm happy that she's the one like boots on the ground in there. Yes. For Jocelyn, you know, I don't think that like, I don't know. I'm just I'm happy about that. I wish that she would just let poor Leia know that she's on it. Because this girl, Leia, is freaking out, man. And I feel and, so bad for her. <laughs> and she's trying, the poor girl. Like, she's trying to, like, talk it out. And, oh, God. But she's and in the dark. Because he, yeah, he, he knows she's not easily swayed. And, like, he's he's trying to isolate her. It's, it's so fucking classic. It's crazy. Well, I know. Yeah, and he kind of did the same thing with um, Xander. I feel like he played that situation... Uh-huh. Um, he played it up. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's not really a lot to say about Destiny. I guess I think that she's just going to be a big figure going forward. Um, but I loved that she was there throughout the entire episode, and there at the end when Jocelyn realizes all the shits about Tedros yes. and actually the setup and all that. So, you know, she. Um, I don't know. I think she's playing it great. I also love that she was down to do drugs. 
Like she was oh just my like, god! She was just like, "Bitch, this ain't shit. <laughs> this ain't." She nothing. was just so calm about the whole thing. I mean, obviously, she was very uncomfortable in the studio recording, like we all fucking were. But <laughs> I think that in a moment, like it's just like everybody in the room, especially the outsiders, the producers, mm-hmm. her. They're all like, "Okay, yeah, this is bad." Mm-hmm. But how do we get out so that we can bring back help? Or you know what I mean, like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the producers are really concerned with Jocelyn's, you know, safety because they're like, okay, we're just here for a check. Like, we're just, you know, like, we don't really want to be in this. Yeah. Let's just make the fucking music and get out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would imagine if I ended up in a situation like that, being hired to do something, I'd be like, uh, okay, like, they already, let's fucking snap, snap, snap these pictures. Let's do, do, do these musics and, like. Let's never yeah, work with them again. We'll always just make an excuse to be like, oh, we can't. We're, we're already booked for something. Oh, so yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's just like a don't ask, don't tell policy. And I think that that's how it is in a lot of businesses. Like you get in, you get out, you get your money and you get out. And I think that one of the things with Destiny is that I understand that she's investigating with the other, the culties. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that even her spending so much time with Chloe, like Destiny is a person that really cares. And I'm like, I just hope that you don't get too wrapped up in the minutia and forget what you're really there for. And that's just Jocelyn. That's not to save the world. You know what I mean? So like, right. I hope that that doesn't happen with destiny. Mm. Um, but I don't know if we want to jump right into Xander. Eek. Oh yeah. The, I think this is another really tough fucking topic. Mm-hmm. This whole thing was so crazy to me. Like, even the second time around watching it, I was like, what even happened? So what I, can, happened? I can explain it. And I think that this Me is too. also part of the, like the chronology. We don't really know what's happening. This clearly was happening before the night of the recording or the part. I, I don't actually know when it happened, but I just remember this, um, this writing and editing and shooting style from euphoria a lot, because there were a lot of things where I'm like, I don't know when this happened. We just know that it happened. Right. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, when Tedros hears Xander singing in the shower, he goes in, he spooks him, and he's like, wait, you actually have a really good voice. Jocelyn told me that you're, you tore your vocal cords, but clearly that's not true, mm-hmm. or they're fully healed. And then Xander says, okay, well, we want to know the truth. And basically what he said was that Jocelyn's mom, number one, and we also know that Jocelyn's mom outed Xander. Mm-hmm. So it it implied that they were probably on a show together, like a Disney Channel show, if Uh you will. Um, And the mom outed Xander when he was 13, which is like fucking horrible. And um, that she also made him sign a contract that he would never sing. Like publicly. Right, because that would be direct competition with her daughter. Exactly. So that's, that's what he was accusing her mom of, but clearly Jocelyn didn't know that. And what I think is also just one of the more interesting things that came out of this scene was that he said, I, I, there's not, I can't direct quote, but he says, like, you're basically even more of a conniving, like, bitch than yeah, your mom depraved. was. Yes. Yeah, more depraved, fucked up, and, and we saw, Yeah, we saw kind of a shift in Jocelyn where she something turned off and she kept, you know, she kept telling Tedros to shock her. We also see on Tedros's face that he believes Xander. Like, and he's like, damn, this bitch is, she's scarier than I think she is. Like, she's uh-huh. not as this innocent Bambi. Yeah, so, you know. 
yeah, that that whole thing was really interesting. I didn't that I needed a little more context. I was like, okay, like I could see that he was alluding to that his the mom made him sign a contract, direct competition with her, but he does come back to live with them at like fourteen, like a year later, and like you know help Jocelyn be successful. Well, because you know, he doesn't so, have a career for himself anymore. Well, so, right, like, and I think what's really interesting about that too. So my question about Xander I'm like where were his parents they might have been out of the picture and secondly like he was obviously abused too by the same abuser that she was abused by and it's crazy to think that like I don't know they're dealing with these different traumas like from the same person in a sense I imagine that's why he he came back because he was a young kid he didn't know and then he spent those formative years there and like i'm sorry but even watching somebody get abused and you're a child and you can't that's also abuse it's traumatic yeah it's traumatic you know so like i honestly feel terrible for both of them i think they're both fucking victims in every single way yeah like up until this point this scene almost solidified for me though that like everyone in the show is a victim and we're not going to get any heroes. Like it it was kind of like, okay, Jocelyn was set, like set to be the, the true victim, but then the true hero. And, but now, you know, we're realizing that she's got a very, very ugly side too. And yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I think that was the wildest thing to me because I was like, Jocelyn, are you really, is he really lying or are you just on a power trip? And it's weird because right before this happened, she's like, Tedros, isn't this a little bit extreme? Da, da, da. And I'm like, uh, to me, sorry, I just, I'm going to put this out. I know we'll do theories later, but like, to me, Jocelyn is the dark horse. I'm like, oh, 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 hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. And you're kind of playing the card that you're submissive and you're kind of liking the control that you're seeing being flexed on people. And you're going to learn from that. Yeah. You're going to apply it. Yeah. I think yep. eventually. Like, I, I truly am like, there's a reason she's keeping Tedros around. She knows that he's back because she's not scared to stand up to him. Yeah. You know, like, there's been a couple moments, even in past episodes, and this one, when she gets mad about him embarrassingly at the party, she's like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, and like, she's next to him, I know. Yeah, and she's like, why would she like you? It's so Oh, cunning. oh, with Leia. Yeah, well, there is a part earlier in the episode. Actually, you know what? Let's table this. I want to talk about it in the theories. Okay, all right. No worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, Xander, just to go back to what we were talking about, I do want to say, Troy Sivan, fucking A++ flowers. Oh gosh, good yeah. sir. That was horrible to watch mm-hmm. but you know why it was horrible because he acted it so fucking well and i think it's really i mean i don't know like i don't know how i should say probably they identify i'm not sure i haven't looked into it but i think just like from a biological man thing you know i'm like oh like i think it's really hard to get emotions from men on screen in any kind of capacity whether it's trauma or crying like there's a lot of things that i watch and i'm like ah oh, he just didn't sell me on that that yeah. fucking breakdown. This sold me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was probably a really hard thing to play. And he probably needed some time. You know, I just remember Sam Levinson doing the scene with Zendaya and the mom. When she was like trying to 
yeah leave the house. house yeah and I remember them talking about it and how emotional it was and how they all needed like some real like recovery time yeah to recuperate yeah. you know so I imagine like this scene was a lot like that for mm-hmm. them as a cast um and even I don't know I just I was very it was horrible but I was also really impressed by the work I was like okay man like you're really young you're really, I think, a musician. So, mm-hmm. like, just in this acting realm and kill it like that, I was like, okay, like, I- I'm excited to see the next, like, 10 or 15 years from you. That made me really excited to see your body of work. Yeah. Yeah, he was incredible. Um, I have only known him. I only actually knew before he came on the show one song that he did. Um, and it was, like, a, you know, a radio play song. Um, and so I didn't really know anything like else from him but i did know that him chloe and isaac the people that play them um are all musicians naturally and then we're brought on i think this is for all of them their first acting job so they're all number one killing it but yeah troy in this like absolutely killed it even just like the the physical acting of it was great it was just it was so good. Yeah. I, I really believed him, even when he's like, Can I just say something first? And he, when he calls her a depraved fucking cunt worse than her mom, like that struck such a fucking chord in me. I was like, oh, oh my God. Like it felt really authentic. It felt yeah. so authentic. I was like, okay, like this feels like a real story, you know? Um, and I think another side that I just want to touch on, uh, because it has to do with his you know, experiences. Later on, we see a bit of what I'll just label right now as aftercare um, from uh, Isaac. You know, mm-hmm. Isaac is the one who holds him down. And he's like, what do you think I'm here for? To fucking be nice? Like, no, I'm not here to not hurt you. I'm here to fucking. And then later, he's also the one to comfort him mm-hmm. and clean him up. And be like, hey, like. You got to do this and, you know, we'll let you just fucking ride. But like, kinda, you know. I mean, he kind of, I think, also is learning from Tedros because Tedros did that with Jocelyn, too. I mean, mm-hmm. immediately after he hits her for the first time, you know, we see him, like, giving her a bath. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's this, mm-hmm. like, classic. It's like, it's like Munchausen by proxy, kind of. Like, I'm going to purposefully hurt you so I could be there to comfort you so you love me more and you need me. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's the hero, the abuser and the hero. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to hurt you, but I'm also going to save you. Yeah. Um, I want to say just on the Xander scene, um, yeah, it was difficult to watch. I think the part that was really, really hard for me to watch was when Tedros first tells him to step forward out of line and mm-hmm. he understands what's going to happen and he takes off running. Yeah. Horrible. And that was so hard to watch because one thing that, like – really always gets me is when people feel fear it Mm. it's really really hard for me to see that and i think that that's why even just on the topic of like when there's one victim being abused in front of somebody else especially like a child like it's that's trauma in itself for me it's like when i see any being at all whether it's a person or an animal or baby or fucking doesn't matter like if i see it in fear it really like strikes a chord with me and it's it's like unbearable. So when he mm-hmm. ran, that was so, um, I, it was just so convincing of the whole thing. And like the, 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 the whole know. thing, every moment, every moment when they have him on the couch and he, 
you know, he's like, make them stop. And then he calls out to fucking Chloe, the smallest bitch in there, the youngest bitch in there, which we find out this episode, you know, like it it was so demeaning and like at your last wit, like I, I will call out for any kind of help. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a fucking horrible, hard scene to watch, but it was, it felt real. It felt real. And I did appreciate that for like the story of it. I was like, if you guys are going to do something pretty intense, like don't half-ass it, be careful. Don't overdo it, please. You know, we're, we don't want to see abuse. Like it's, but like, I, I think for the plot and for where, you know, what this story is, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like this scene, it kind of made sense. It made the most sense. Yeah, yeah it, it um, did. I don't know if it was, I think it made sense for where the where we're going with the show so um but yeah i'm like i just even and you know we'll get into this in the theories uh section too but it's i feel like we're gonna have to wait a while for all of the pieces to connect because we're about the show's about to end exactly fucking five I know. Like, that's crazy, but, um, yeah, so, but I do think that this makes sense. I think even with the last week's, with, with the Jocelyn, the hairbrush, that whole thing, as hard as it was for me to watch it, and I think, for me, it wasn't even necessarily in, like, a physical abuse way. It was more of, like, the abuse, like, the victim and the abuser, like, the way that that was shown, and trauma from a parent, and that, like, I, it was just, it felt really deep-rooted, whereas this felt like, I think this was easier for me to watch. Not that he didn't do, Troy didn't do a great job selling it because he did. And it was awful. It like, it was awful to watch, but it felt less rooted and more like this is a one, one off tactic versus this is systemic abuse, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think that this, it was easier for me to digest it. I think this, this go around and like, and even as hard as it was for me to watch the last episode that when that happened and it took that turn, it, the whole show started to make more sense to me. So I think that it's adding value when we get like this and it's adding depth, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I do think that like what it was rooted in was had way less depth. I was like, Jocelyn, this feels like you're just trying to fucking flex some power. And for what? Because yeah. you're angry? Because you're hurt? This is your friend. Mm-hmm. Who, like, I think my biggest problem with it, though, and it was harder for me to digest because of that flaccidness. I was like, what the fuck, Jocelyn? Who, yeah. Where even are you? You should know as a victim. Like, you should be able to put this fucking into perspective and be like, you know what? He was literally the same age as me. And literally, he's the same weight as me and fucking bone structure. What the... Was he gonna beat Isaac's ass? Yeah. This muscular magician of a fucking man? He didn't stand a chance. He did not stand a chance. And I, you know, I love him. I'm not trying to body shame anybody here, but like, I'm just saying, like, if we're going to put them in the ring, corner to corner with some boxing gloves, who do you think is going to win? Yeah. You know, like, just based on the physical. That kid is fast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He was fucking quick. Put the jets on. But, you know, that fucking, their other guy, what's his name? Mitch? 
I think they said the other day. He was fast as shit. Yeah. The guy that was like, yo, we got to like, get him. I was seriously, like, like you saying bolts up from. those stairs. My God. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I think there was like a level. You know how I love friendships. So there was a level of aggression that it took me to. I was like, this is your friend. Tedros is not even his real name. He's using you, you fucking bitch. Why would you do this to your friend? Yeah. So I'm kind of mad at Joss right now. Me and her are not on good terms. Me neither. I'm not. I was not here for that. Um, Yeah. Especially of all people, Xander, who obviously even in the past, like was clearly victimized by her own mom. And I think part of it was like, I didn't really get as much like, yeah, she was flexing power. But what I got from it was that she didn't want to believe anything negative that anybody else said about her mom. It was more of like just an in denial. Um, That's what I got from it. So I think that, you know, that's more of where it came from. And then the flex of the power was just like, I was just like, wow, like you could be a cold, spiteful bitch. We got to watch out for you. You know. Yeah, it was it was scary too because and just to circle back to Tedros in that moment, yeah, I saw that look on his face the first time. It did look like he believed Xander and oh god, this is again hats off to fucking Troy Zavon because it, he acted it so fucking authentically and he said one zinger to Tedros. He said, She manipulates everyone around her and now she's doing it to you. And he thinks that he is the biggest manipulator so like it's crazy to me that he said that i don't think he knew the power of what he was saying yeah in that moment because he's really he was really trying to take a jab at joss yeah but it fucking like two-pieced tedros <laughs> and you didn't even know and like yeah. yeah there's like a fear that kind of comes over tedros's he's eyes fit. yeah and i and again, hats off to the weekends because I thought that was a little that was good acting from him. I will yeah. say there was there's some been some bad acting. I agree. I agree. Um yeah, so I mean honestly, I kind of if we're if you don't have any other thoughts about Xander, I wanna take that and go right into the Heartthrob Rob um slash Tedros downfall. Um so we get we're done with the recording. Jocelyn comes out did not come out that's a bad word but she reveals um how you know her the abuse from mom clearly on like instagram live and so that's like cats out of the bag let me just say this too uh this is my other favorite moment from the show because it was just such a girly pop moment but when tedros comes in the bedroom and he's like i have a great idea she's like what (laughs) just what yeah, that was so fucking funny to me. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, you're just in your little girly pop dreamland." And he's like, "Yeah, we should go public." And she's like, "With what?" It was it was just so great. I was like, "She is sleeping, sir. She could not give a fuck less about this right now." Yeah, yeah, like, get out of here. But it was really funny to me, and it, it just felt like such a girl moment. I was like, "Yeah, nothing matters." What? Yeah. Also, nipples. And that's yeah, of course. There's always nips. <laughs> they put them in like um, fucking easter eggs in this show okay God, seriously they're not even easter eggs they're obvious eggs they're not obvious. hidden at all um <laughs> so okay so yeah so we have her her revelation on instagram live and then they all basically are like okay well now it's time to party 
And yeah. so this is where it's like the chronology. It's like, is this bleeding over into the same day slash night? I mean, clearly she slept, but then we have like destiny that's still around and you know, whatever. But then we go right into a party, cocaine's ever. It's basically a cocaine orgy. And I love just quickly that Leia is just fluffing the pillows and trying not to stain the teak. And like, I'm going to say my number one pet peeve, number one pet fucking peeve of mine. Do not put your condensating glass on my real wood. Absolutely the fuck not. Get out of here. So I appreciated the teak moments. I was like, yes, girl, I did it's teak. Yeah, I did too. Um, and teak wood is not cheap, guys. No, it's um, expensive. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, just a side note on a personal note, you would get along with my boss so well. That's his yeah. number one pet peeve. So, um, and everything everywhere. in our office is real wood. So it's like, but we have no fucking coasters. It makes no, it makes no sense. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I loved that. I hated the moment of him squirting her with tequila. And, you know, I don't know, but it kind of just, I think it started to show that he was derailing. He does not have control over the situation. You know, he was um, so fucked up. This was the most fucking like fucked up I had seen Tedros. I was like, oh, you were, you took too many shots. You did too much coke. This is too much. Like you're out of, you're out of hand. Yeah, seriously out of hand. Um, I don't remember though when Jocelyn decides to text Rob. I think she does after the after the Leah tequila spray, or was it when? No, it was after Diane. Oh yes, her. Diane. Oh, lovely oh, Diane and Molly. Yeah, um, because right before that, Chloe tells oh, her it was Chloe. Yes, Chloe on Molly. Mm-hmm. Still, still on it. God, it's so great. Um, yeah, and, so yeah. Yeah, Diane walks in, you know, Tedros is flirting with Diane, et cetera, et cetera. Chloe spills the beans about how it was all set up and and Diane is actually in love with whatever. Then Diane mm-hmm. comes over and tells her that basically Magistrate, which is what this record company is called, is giving, wants to give her a world-class center. Which, by the way, uh, that song is out on all streaming platforms. You're welcome. It's a Woo! bop. It's a bop. It's a bop. Um, oh, it's so good. So, so yeah, Joss is just, you know, I, I don't even know where she's at. She's not, it doesn't seem like she's in self-sabotage mode. Hearthrob Rob has been mentioned, I think, twice so far. And one of them was like, I think it was when Jocelyn was doing her, she was trying to record the video for World Class Center and the Vanity Fair per, uh, person, I'm trying to remember her name, but oh, I'm not yeah. going to remember it. Talia, I think that's her name. Yeah. Um, she mentions it, and then they all kind of like were like, "Who?" You know, we don't talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, and then it's revealed later through a conversation that he cheated on Jocelyn with one of his co-stars. That came out, broke her little heart, etc. Uh-huh. Uh huh. First of all, that man is hot, and he's hot because he cares about her. And second of all, oh, really yeah. enjoyed watching them fuck. Really, really enjoyed it because it was so nice to see her have normal, real sex. Yeah. Like, yeah, give, uh, yeah, that it honestly, it was relieving. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like the relief that came over my fucking body when that happened. I was like, yes, I just I knew we're go- we're going to get sex and nudes and nips every episode. But can we get one just one compassionate lovemaking scene that is real? Okay. So like, thank you, something that's thank not- you, Sam Levinson, for that. I yeah. 
was pleased. Truly. And I have said this before. I will say it again. We are, we're the HB hoes. Me specifically, I won't speak for Maddie here, but I love sex in shows. I love sex in shows. I love cursing in shows. I love drugs in shows. I like real world shit in real world shows. Right. So like it, so, but it's just like, and I think I'm just going back on the point that I made earlier about the weekend slash able to testify him being Lily Rose Depp's boss essentially and being one of the writers. And then also just all the shit about he scrapped the last director who was a woman's stuff because it was quote unquote too much in the female perspective. And like all of these things that are in the back of my head. And then I'm like, every episode you're groping her the whole time. You're And not that it's, it's like, not that it, I'm not like, I don't want to sound like I'm um, accusing him of anything, but it's just like, no. I would just like for there to be intimacy without it being the two of you. That would be nice and refreshing. And mm-hmm. it very much was with this lovely man named Rob who clearly cares about her a lot. And knows her. Um, yeah. And I think what was really interesting about the moments leading up to this from the beginning of the show, we are living in a scheduled made up not made up as in like fake but made up as in like always done up Mm. very uh curated world Mm -hmm. everything has been very curated and very calculated and i think that it was like such a climactic point of her finding out from chloe and like diane telling her she really it was such a switch where she was like, I need something real right fucking now. Yeah. These drugs, these people, even the songs, like, you know, she's saying like, oh, I want to make music that's authentic and da, da, da. But is it? Is it? Because this man has a heavy hand in your shit. And like, I just want to talk about just a little bit uh, after the episode. Um, I'm glad that they've done a couple of those and it's really interesting what Lily Rose Depp says about the character. She's like, yeah, everybody in this show has their motivations. Mm -hmm. Jocelyn is looking for inspiration. And I, that kind of opened me up a little bit. I was like, okay, Jocelyn's not just a dumb bitch. I mean, she's been in the industry for 10 years already. She's got game. She knows what's up. And Mm -hmm. she says it in the first episode to Talia when she's interviewing her, she's like, listen, I used to play into those things and make statements but everybody was making money. I know better than that now. Yeah. You know, like it was so, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting to see that moment go from like the shift. Yeah. Very picture perfect, you know, Hollywood lifestyle to go to something so real you know, and even she was very playful with him in all of that. But there was one moment that I really liked and, you know, about the cheating. He says, well, you know, you said that monogamy was boring. And she said, well, I take it back. She still yeah. said it in a very playful way, but there was such truth to that. And I think mm-hmm. she was telling him the truth. Like, you know, well, I don't want to be like, I need some realness sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I liked all of their interactions. I liked that he was trying to get more out of her and she was playfully, you know, you know, I don't know, like, like not going down the road of discussing her mom, etc. Um, one of the things that I really liked, and this relates to the, uh, Tedros's fall is, um, 
like even just chronologically speaking, we get the issue with him and Leia outside. Jocelyn gets mad at him. Then this whole thing where Jocelyn finds out, Tedros doesn't know that she knows that it was all set up from the beginning. But when she invites Rob over him, first of all, this was just oh it was so funny to watch them at the bar together. Um, so many fucking woos i don't know how they weren't dying on set that shit was funny the weekend that was great that was fucking great i loved it he played a very good drunk person i did also really like how how like slop it feels like a sloppy put together of clips in this but it was done on purpose to make us question what the fuck was going on because there was a point where like after shot number four he kind of throws up in his own hand, but then the next clip is not that. And then, you know, it, it mm-hmm. was, it was very messily put together. It made me feel like I was drunk watching it. Um, yes. and that's clearly was the point and well fucking done because, uh, a lot of times where I, where I drink too much, my nights are exactly like that. And I'm like, did yes. that happen? Did this happen before this or after that? And right. you know, it's just all very spotty. So that's how was, that's how it read. Um, it was very funny. I liked that they did it. I liked that there was playfulness in that. Um, even like Mike Dean, you know, like was just on Playing the floor the now. Music. Yeah, yeah in the background. Like, something that's more like this. Yeah, like and you know, the, just the yeah. comfiness. But what I was going to say in relation to Jocelyn and this switch was. There was a point where she finally realizes that Rob is there, goes up, you know, jumps on him, hugs him right in front of Tedros. And then Rob was like, oh, do you know this guy? And she was like, no, and it's fine. I don't need to meet him. Yeah. And it was like just the biggest. I'm just like, God, she is good with, yeah, the, so, with the backhand. With yeah, she's really, she's I don't, I'm it. not scared for her at all. No, I'm not really scared for her either because she is quick with it. And she, and again, like out of everybody, Joss is not afraid to stand up to him in his ways, even with some of the shit like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm, no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was really nice to see that fucking happen. I was like, let me just have, get put, stay in your lane, bro. Yeah. Get put in your place. But what was so strange after that, Obviously, Tedros is a weird, creepy motherfucker, but I was like, what are you even doing? Creeping around the house, banging on people's doors. Did they not hear it? Or was he banging on the wrong door? Or later, he, like, walks out. He has, like, tears in his eyes. Is he watching them through, like, some... No, no, I think that he... No, I think that he... He was definitely banging on the right door. Whether they were on the balcony and could hear him or not, I'm not sure. Maybe Jocelyn heard him and knew it was him and just, you know, ignored it. But I do, I did really, because like the thing is, is like when, when you're drinking like that, and then also we have to imagine that this guy is running on little to no sleep. Like the only inkling of sleep that we got in the entire episode was Jocelyn. He was the one that woke her up. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, it, did he sleep at all? So he's emotional from that. He's emotional from drinking. He's doing coke. So he's probably able to drink a hell of a lot more than any, than humanly possible when you're not doing drugs to counteract it. It like, so I'm like, I think that the emotion from, I think he played a very, very good drunk person. I think that he, he killed it. And I think with the tears, it was, you know, I don't know, just all of these things coming to fruition. He, and what I love about the behind the episodes so far, if you guys d- haven't watched them, they're at the end of the episodes. Max, the new 
app sucks and HBO Max used to have them as their own little clips. So you didn't have to watch all the credits and hope yeah. that something was there, fucking Marvel movie style, but here we are. Um anyways, so in the behind the the behind the episodes, um, Sam Levinson has been talking about how basically this guy, Tedros's character, is somebody that has always wished for talent but never had it, and that's why he tries to curate it around himself. And okay, he yeah. wants to be like the ringleader of this all this talent. So it's like there's a point where he's sitting on the steps outside of Jocelyn's, um, outside of Jocelyn's like room, and he looks up at the Prince poster, and then you know it's like I think that his biggest fears are just being. Um, I've heard people say in the past that their biggest like want in life is to be, um, is to be like substantial. Like they just they want to be they want to be important and it's not money or love or power or anything they just want to be important and I think that Tedros is very much like that where his biggest fear is not being anything, um, so I think that that's part of where the fear is coming from and then also realizing that like Jocelyn is not she's not going to be your ticket, you know what mm-hmm. I mean like she's not yeah. she's got she's playing her own game right now you're just a piece in that for now yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was interesting to see his unraveling begin a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even just like her manager being there and having boots on the ground, like there's there's just you're of course the power is going to transfer a little bit. Like you know you're not in control. Even Chloe saying to Destiny, "Oh, I thought Tedros was Jocelyn's manager," and she just kind of mm-hmm, <laughs> she just giggles a little bit in response. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm like, yeah, there's some pe- there's some things that are coming into place that like you don't have that control. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that he um, might be starting to realize that he bit off more than he can chew with her, and you know, I, I don't know that he thought that she was like I said, just this like Bambi eyed like yeah, submissive. You know, or, yeah, mm-hmm. just super, like ultra submissive and whatever. But really, it's like. I think that she knows. I mean, we can go right into theories um, because my biggest thing is like, well, I mean, number one, please, for the love of God, don't make Tedros the ultimate victim in this. Like, I do not need an arc from him. I do not need that. I don't want it. Like, that would be leave wild. Him, leave him how he is. Like, you know, leave him being an asshole and a, you know, whatever. But, um, I think that with Jocelyn, it's just especially what I've seen little notes of her and her actual power. One thing that I want to bring it back to is in the the very first scene of this entire show was her in front of the camera and the the photographer is telling her to do all of these different um, emotions. emotions and she's able to just cry on cue, which is amazing. Lily Rose Depp, like applause for you because that's, it's it's so hard to do that, especially the way that she's able to do it and those big fucking tears that come out of her big eyes. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what a talent. Yeah. But she's able to do, like just to play all these things. And I think that that was the biggest foreshadow of all is that like she's Agreed. playing in all of us. Agreed. Me and you included. Agreed. She is a chameleon. I mean, she's been in the industry. Um, I kind of felt that way too from the beginning. I'm like, okay, there's something she knows how to play every side mm-hmm. because she had to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I do think she's doing a little bit of that now, especially now that she knows that like the intention wasn't pure. She's like, okay, back on my grizzy. I think she always was, but like, it's a little bit more. I think she was having fun with it at first. She's like, okay, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. let me get some insta. But like now, especially and I, again, I think she's used to everyone around her being ill intense because she is famous. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe she always had that in the back of her head or maybe she just gave it a chance. I I don't really know what her MO is there. Yeah, I think that, Mm -hmm. I mean, part of it could be that, like, her back is actually against the wall right now. The the label wants to drop her. They want to cancel her tour. They just gave her, like, her single, you know, her supposed to be, like, debut after the breakdown single away to someone that was supposed to be a really good friend of hers. Like, I think that now the buildup, like, I've said this about Succession, specifically Kendall, um, but... I think that this is her villain origin story. I think yeah. that we were getting all of this. We understand like her trauma now, but we also like, she played Rob like a fucking fiddle when he came over and she's playing Tedros too, it seems. And she clearly doesn't like even just the way that she acted with Xander. Like, I think that we're starting to see the shift of her to the ba- to, to the, like the dark side, right? Like you mm-hmm. calling her dark horse was dead on, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like, she's giving me very, like, I don't think she's the worst bitch, but she's very, like, Devil Wears Prada-y right now in her, like, mentality. Like, you know, everything. It's, like, sociopathic, almost. Like, she's, there's a part of her where, like, and this could be just trauma, like, like, trauma onset where your emotions are just off. Your grief is off. Like, your empathy is off like everything is off because you know and people get like that after traumatic situations well, I mean, because that, we just emotionally shut down and she's still using fucking drugs i mean like she's out here drinking and doing coke mm-hmm. while she's in a grieving period none of that is gonna get her to a good place like it's just not so yeah i do think like that there's something turned off in her right now there's a yeah. dissociation happening and it's stronger because of those other you know it's layered it's not yeah. just that she's grieving. She's grieving in the music industry. She's drinking. She's partying. She's doing whatever she wants because she's been an adult since she was fucking 12, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. And I think, yeah, she is a chameleon and she's probably really manipulative. But I also think, I said it in the beginning of this episode, but hurt people hurt people. Traumatized yeah. people traumatize people. Mm-hmm. And there's only two ways. You are either traumatized and you will all you care about in life is breaking that cycle and helping others with the exact experience that like happened to you or you continue the cycle there are only two fucking ways yeah you know like i really hate to pin it like that but i i do think that there's so much work and you need so much support in in those kinds of things that like if you don't have that you're probably going to end up being pretty destructive oh yeah well, yeah, and no, and I think that um, part of the show is, like, is kind of just showing that, that, like, the people that we consider stars, I mean, even the show being called Stars Belong to the World, that was one of the things that um, Isaac says to Leia that before I even realized that that's what the episode was called, I wrote it down in my notes because I'm like, God, like, it's so true. 
even these people that seem to have all these resources and these power, this power and everybody loves them and everything actually have less than most in this oh, regard, yeah. right? It's just like, nope, you're forced to get over it as fast as possible and be kind, you know, and, and remain a money making machine. So I think that, yeah, I mean, maybe I think that that's definitely one of the layers of the show specifically is that, you know, she's this person that has gone through a lot and, you know, needs a lot of support and help and guidance and, and therapy, but you know, she's not going to get that because she can't, she can't afford it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think like when we are in pl- in really traumatizing places, like it's not always to see it's not always easy to seek uh, the like the healthier side of support. Um, I mean, I'm just saying that even from like experience, even if you're going through something healthy or like even if you're dealing with things that are traumatic and you know how to like deal with them healthily, like it's still hard to ask for the support to get the help. Like it's almost like, God, I hate to say this because I'm not trying to generalize for anyone, but like, even for me, I'm like, sometimes I feel shame. You know, I'm like, I don't even want to ask for help with this, even though I'm fucking struggling. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. So like, imagine that on a superstardom level. Exactly. Where everybody is watching you and everybody is expecting better of you. Yeah. I think, yeah, even from to like a real person that's not famous, like you or I, a lot of times, more times than not, people resort to destructive behaviors and they need to almost, it's a lot like addictions where they need to hit rock bottom with that. And they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is not doing anything for me and I don't want to live like this anymore and I need to go get help. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's so it's very, very parallel with like, you know, getting sober versus, you know, it's it's super parallel to like actually getting the mental help that you need um, when you go through something like that, especially like not just the trauma of what her mom did to her whole life, but the trauma of her mother dying and how that plays, because it's like this is a person that you love no matter what and you care about no matter what and it's just but this person also abused you so it's very complex and it's Mm -hmm. almost like this um stockholm like horrible you know thing that she's going through that like adds a level of depth i think that that part was probably was another reason why the last episode was so hard for me to watch because it is familial it is parental it is so much deeper than just i was abused by somebody because this is somebody that you're born and naturally love you know so it's like she's dealing with all of that no one around her actually knows what that's like either so it's not like she's got friends that have gone through it with her like yeah she trauma bonded with with leia and with um xander but she but they didn't actually deal with the same things that she was dealing with and it wasn't their parents so yeah i think that you know with her ultimately like that's what but it's it's, like like you were saying it's very easy for us to sit here and say oh we'll just go get help because that's not absolutely absolutely never the first your first thought is oh right it takes years right and i think just looking at her age again not trying to be ageist but uh, imagining if she was probably a child star, these things are happening. She's a young adult now. I don't think she's much older than 25 in the show. I don't even think she's, I think, cl- she, I think she's like I think 20. She's like, I think she's exactly 25 maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I still think that like, 
growing up, you're still in the industry and there's a lot of things that I'm sure get pushed under the rug. I mean, we all know it. We all fucking know it. Mm-hmm. So like navigating that and you're right, like being in the public eye, trying to ask for help. I, I'm just calling back to the, maybe it was the second episode when they were doing the the video shoot and she breaks down, calls out for her mom. That was such a, we talked about it a lot. It was such a natural, normal thing. Mm-hmm. But they were all like, ooh, we got to get someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't even be human. Yeah. And again, this episode, they talk a lot about her not being human. Yeah. yeah. Because she is a star. She's not treated humanly. No. Um, no, not at yeah. all. I think that, um, yeah, just, and then just to go back to like the theories, uh, one of the things that was brought up, even with her calling out for, to her mom, the Vanity Fair uh what was her name again talia she is doing like a remote finishing up the interview or continuing on with the interview um one of my theories from the very beginning was that talia was either going to make her or break her and um i'm not sure if if in this season we're going to get that vanity fair article drop but i hope we do because I'm curious, that shit is like it. It seriously makes or breaks people, like in their careers, completely. When you do a full interview like that, because it could easily become like a fucking expose. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that's going to be really interesting. I've been interested in that storyline from the beginning. Um, I also, this is just on like more of like a technical, not a storyline thing. Um, there was some shit that in before the whole show dropped Dan Levy who we know from Shit's Creek and all of that he's great he was in the first episode and he was her PR manager um also oh god i just thought about he is probably having a horrible time with her doing that instagram live and not consulting anybody oh gosh god. that again <laughs> um yeah but there was a thing that The weekend had posted because the Rolling Stone, I'm talking about real life here, Rolling Stone published an article after seeing the two-episode premiere at the Cannes Film Festival and basically said it that was like the glorified porn or glorified torture porn or whatever they called it. Um, and then The weekend responded by showing a clip. A clip from the show. Yes. So I'm curious if we're going to get that because basically it was somebody from... I think it was people from Rolling Stone that came to interview her, to interview Jocelyn, and she's sitting there with Tedros and Dan Levy, his character, mm-hmm. and um, they're talking about how Rolling Stone sucks in that clip. And that was the yeah. clapback, which was funny, but um, we didn't get that this season yet. Right, right. So I'm curious if that's going to happen next episode. I'm just really interested because it is five, it's a five-episode season. We never get that. Yeah, yeah, so okay, just just on theories too. So I think I'm just trying to like think about what this that where the storyline could go. So I do think Jocelyn is the dark horse. I think that she's going to probably call out Tedros. I mean, we see it in the clip for next week. Mm-hmm. She does call him out. You know, she's like, "Listen, I know you wanted me to see your artists." Uh, you know, and I think they're good. Um, so I don't know. I think that she might like get, I think she's going to become the leader. She's going to be the fucking antler queen bitch. Ooh, I like that. I think she's going to get like, kick him out of his position and assume his role. Huh? 
yeah, what do they call that? Like a coup or something? Well, basically, shit? she's going to yeah. throw a coup. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what she's doing because she's like, yeah, I like these artists and I need inspiration and I need to do something new and you're a fucking nobody. Um, so I'm going to take control because I used to be controlled and now I want the control. And she knows what it looks like and she knows I mean it's it's a lot like even um I feel like Tedros's character is so easy to to mimic Isaac is already doing it like it's just it's very like she sees it once she could do the same thing Yeah she's um, been taking notes Yeah and she obviously now knows even just with Xander like she can go there like she can do what needs to be done you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, yeah, that's a really, really great theory. I hope that happens. I do too. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, okay, well, if they get Tedros out of the picture, then like, what happens to the group? Do they just disband? But on that, no pun intended, because you know. <laughs> Anyways, but um, like, where do they all go? Back to the streets? Back to heroin? I know. No. Jocelyn's gonna be like, you live here now, yeah. and we're gonna make so much glorious music. And Tedros was not even your true leader. Well, yeah, because it, it oh kind of might become a follower. <gasps> he has no talent. There's no place for him there. Oh, true. They're going to have you to know? Like, I feel like that's kind of, well, yeah, I mean, they already, I mean, Destiny already wants to. So I'm like, yeah. time might just Same. be like, all right, take him out. It's fine. Like, yeah. bury him in the big ass backyard. Um, God. That would be really, really, really fucking funny. It would give me a lot of hope for the weekend and like in his you know i don't know i just like i'm going back to all the things that i've heard about the show that i feel like are making me unfortunately a little biased or just a little worried maybe but just that you know he's like egomaniacal and you know he is just like i don't know there's just been shit there's just been so much controversy around this shit that but like it would give me a lot of faith in him as a writer and producer if he did kill off his own character because then that would mean like i don't need to be the main guy like Mm -hmm. i don't you know it would just kind of show that even if she assumed his role and he's just like put off and like you know doesn't i would be pleased with that as the writing too because i agree like if you're the writer and her boss which we discussed a little bit, and you're going to come out on top in the show, it just feels a little bit, mm, I don't know. It, it don't feel good. No, I know. I'm just like, no, like, like respectfully, gracefully bow the fuck out. Guy. Yeah, bye. Get out yeah. of here. Don't um, do that. But yeah, no, even just going back to what you said about the next episode preview, where she's like, I know that you wanted me to see them or whatever. And, like, I think that they're good. Like, I feel like the next thing that's going to come out of her mouth is, like, but you don't have any talent. So where do you fit? Right. You know, because he doesn't. All of them are incredibly talented. Tedros has zero talent. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. manipulation. And I don't even think he's that good at it. Like, no, he's not that good at it. I feel like, like, I feel like uh, now I'm starting to understand why everything was so quick in the show because it was literally five episodes. I think that originally when the, the first director was on it before Sam Levinson they had already had like six episodes made. So it was going to be, or it was supposed to be, I think always in the cards for it to be like an eight to 10 episode season. Um, Clearly we're not getting that. They scrapped a lot apparently. So I think, but now it actually makes sense that they kind of rushed into it, especially if Jocelyn is supposed to be the actual wicked one. 
you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And because wasn't this originally supposed to be about the woman's experience in the industry from her perspective? Mm-hmm. 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 Honestly, I, I don't feel like it's from Jocelyn's perspective, but I digress. Yeah. I mean, I don't either for now, but it might be. It might be. And I would be really pleased and surprised to find out if it was. But now that you mention all that and I and you're reminding me, I really want to see that version now. Yeah, me like, I really want to see that version so that I can compare and be like, yeah, like, what's what's the beat? Drop yeah. that fucking script online, girl. Leak it. I'll read I it. I know. I would, too, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Um, I know. Somebody, I don't remember if it was Reddit or Twitter, but somebody said, like, they should drop the show as it was just the first season because they basically had the whole thing filmed already. Um, and then we can fucking case study the shit out of it. The what what it looks like from Thank a woman's you. point of view versus a man's point of view and how the story has changed or shifted. Right. Um, but, I mean, I do really like this, the direction that it seems to be going of, like, Jocelyn's character being the villainess, the first season being not as much about her, but her like experience from other people's eyes. And then maybe the second season going really deep into her perspective. I like that too, because it just adds Mm -hmm. a level of, you know, I don't, it's just more dynamic, I think than doing like, yeah. And it, and it does add a level of dynamism for her too. Like Mm -hmm. in the second season, because I could see, I can already imagine like a lot of ebbs and flows, like high, high, high power, you know, not a lot of fucking emotion, not a lot of empathy. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like you even out after so much, Yeah, you know, when you want to turn it back on or when you meet somebody that says something to you or you're around somebody like heartthrob Rob that is pulling mm-hmm. you back down to earth. Like, are you, are you being fucking real right now? Be real with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, is this okay? No, yeah. it's not. You know? So like, I think that that could be a really interesting storyline for her too in um, the second season of just like, okay, she's probably going to, be pretty bad and then she'll like come down and be like wow i should have never been that way Mm -hmm. and i was hurt you know and like i don't know like i don't know i would be interested in that story me too me too Mm -hmm. oh gosh well we will have to wait and see season an hour and a half for these five shitty little episodes i know Uh, 90 minutes bitch it's like and it's 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 just my luck too as soon as i start to like it it's like nope it's ending <laughs> bye I, I know. <laughs> oh god that's so funny um well everybody thank you so much for joining us again we know that this conversation was a bit tougher than some of our other podcasts um but we do appreciate you joining us anyways um, and you know, don't stop being a little hoe for this fucking drama because obviously this, sh- this is fucking piping hot tea, this show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, we need to speak about this shit. Mm-hmm. We need to speak about these nips. Okay. We need to speak about this man. Do- oh my God. That yoga scene. Just, just calling that out one last time for you hoes. Yeah. You, you go to bed with that in your mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely will. Um, yeah, so check us out for the finale next week and um, definitely follow us on socials, HBO's pod across all the platforms. Send us a message, give us a like, give us a review, but please tell us, explain your responses in the review because then we can adjust. You yeah. know, if we it's a bad review, if you just want to give us a five star, we're fine with that. You don't have to write yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a bad one, yeah, just help us understand so we can get better. We'd appreciate it. Anyways, have a great week, hoes. Bye.